Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Real Estate Lab podcast. In this lab, we decode the stories, secrets, and skills of the most brilliant minds in real estate investing, then turn their wisdom into practical advice and knowledge that we can use to boost our income. And now, let's turn it over to our host, V. It's a great day to be alive and to invest in real estate. My name is V Ku, and you are now listening to my show, the Real Estate Lab Podcast. Hey, how are you doing, my friends? I hope you are having a wonderful, wonderful time this morning listening to my show or uh, evening wherever you are listening to the show from. I wish you are having a wonderful, wonderful time. So today we are doing something different. I don't have a guest today. I just want to share something interesting with you. I just came across some article and that just prompted me to do this episode. And what are we going to talk about? We are going to talk about is it time to sell, right? I know many of you are interested in finding out an answer for that, and I've done a lot of research around this particular question. So, what's the answer? Well, let's get to it. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Lab podcast. And today we are going to talk about is it time to sell? So recently, I've came across a very interesting article written by Jeff Andrew. And upon doing research on his article and looking around online, I've seen a lot of information. Just information. I'm gathering everything for you and. Putting it in this short episode of my podcast. All right, so what's the first thing that we need to talk about? I know everyone is thinking about this in their mind. The economy is tanking now. CNN just recently reported that 24-hour fitness just filed for bankruptcy. H&M actually closing stores, and they are shifting their tactic to drive more people to online shopping. In fact, 15 retailers just filed for bankruptcy so far this year, and just to name a few, there they are: True Religion, Pier One, GNC, J.C. Penney, Aldo. I love love their shoes, but golly, I cannot believe this. Well, Neiman Marcus, J. Crew, Tuesday morning. And Hertz car rental also. Oh my God, this is crazy! I love love Hertz car rental compared to enterprises and uh, nationals. Oh, jeez. Well, the last one I want to mention is CEC Entertainment Inc. Do you know who they are? Chuck E. Cheese? Anyone? Do you know them? That brand with the mouse. According to Wall Street Journal, businesses that file for Chapter 11 rose 26% this year. Okay, so that's the first piece of information that I want to let you know. Well, what does that mean? What does that have anything to do with whether or not you want to buy or want to sell? Well, as you know, all these big businesses employ thousands and thousands of people. 
especially at the bottom end. All these retailers hire people who lives in apartments, and you know, just imagine your resident cannot make rent, cannot pay rent, and on top of that, most of the states are having a are having some sort of moratorium where you cannot file for eviction. In democratic-run state, the moratorium is prolonging the eviction. So, for instance, in Denver, Colorado, recently, I went out with a group of landlords, property managers, and attorney lobbyists in Colorado to fight for a bill entitled "Covid Relief for Tenants and Homeowners." This bill would place a moratorium on demanding any rent. In court through May second of twenty twenty one, and then the landlord would still have to go through a two months eviction process, which means that you couldn't even get your house back until late June of next year, right? So that's one of the factors that you have to pay attention to. So what's the second thing you need to pay attention to, and that is why are prices still rising and buyers are still having bidding wars? Close to forty million people have filed for unemployment since the stay-at-home self-isolation order was put in place. Now, investor naturally would think, "Okay, this is a great opportunity because people cannot do anything; they are out of work, and simply put, they cannot pay rent." And so, naturally, you would think, "Well, tenant couldn't pay rent." Homeowners have lost their job. Okay, so maybe at some point they will have to sell their house, right? Well, okay, I don't know when that is, but the government have already stepped in and put in a lot of measures in place to help with that issue, right? So investors, hold on, not so fast. Even Realtors. dot com reported the week ending May ninth, median list price actually went up. 1.4% year over year. Now, Jeff Andrew, the author of that article, said that it all boils down to supply and demand. Why home prices are still at a high point? We have been in a hot, hot real estate market for a very long time. This means that many buyers are still shopping. Yet we don't have enough listings to go around, and why is that? After the outbreak, according to HUD, new residential constructions and buyers' demands fell. Now, as we know, people lost their job; they couldn't afford to buy. I get it, but even if they could buy, a lot of people are just not doing that right now because there's just too many uncertainty. Imagine you have a good job, a good-paying job, and you are renting. You're thinking, okay, this is a good time to buy. Let me look for some houses. And then all of a sudden, you see an email from your company HR saying a bunch of people in your company were let go. Whoa! Would you do anything? Would you even consider that plan that you just had a moment ago about buying a house? Of course not. You're not gonna do that. So naturally, the numbers of buyers just drop. Well, usually that's enough to drive down home prices, but this time, not so fast. Something strange happened. Home sellers actually 
took their listing off the market as well. Many people took their listings off the market for the same reasons that the buyers took them out of the market. And I was actually going through the same thing. I was going to list my duplex for sale, but then I just decided not to. And, and I want to wait it out and see what happens. And as the result of that, when demand fell, supply also fell and it all equals out. That means bidding wars. According to Redfin, they reported 41% of their offers actually faced bidding wars in April and May. All right, so you may be wondering, V, all of these informations are good, but why does it matter and how is this any different than 2008? Well, I'll tell you the similarity is that high unemployment number, right? So in 2008, we had the recession and a lot of people were hurting. A lot of people lost their jobs. Well, same thing this time, right? Now, the difference is a lot of differences. In 2008, builders overbuilt. As you see, anyone back then could qualify for homes. And then the recession hit. Then bank even foreclosed millions of homes. They added to the inventory of the surplus houses already. Builder overbuilt and bank just added massive amounts of houses to the market in a short period of time. That put a downward pressure on price. This will never happen again. I just don't think banks are dumb to do that ever again. Now, in 2020, Freddie Mac says that they need about 3 million homes to equalize the demands. And banks are not doing that many ninjas loans anymore. Yeah, ninja loan, no income, no asset loans. Basically, stated income loans. Back in 2008, I, I tell this story many, many times. One of my mentors, uh, one of my mentors' resident tenant was a, a an adult entertaining uh, dancer. And she was making good money. She was paying her rent. But then she had basically very bad credit and nothing to say for her rainy days. And then all of a sudden, they approve her for a house that my mentor would say, hey, never go into that house. You could never afford it because of the interest. The arm loan, the adjustable interest loans were very dangerous. Many of these people were not educated about the loans that they got themselves into. Taxi drivers, same deal. The people who bought my sister's home back in 2003, taxi drivers. And they, they you know, got into the home, got a good loans. And sure enough, in 2008, they were gone. They were, their homes were foreclosed. Okay, so that's one of the main differences. So where does that leave us? I'm just going to give you my opinion, my take. Now, take what you hear here. <laughs> take what you hear from me with a heavy, heavy grain of salt. Okay, so we know home prices are holding its ground. That's what's going on right now, present time. But how about in 12 months? Now, forbearance, back in May, according to Market Watch, over 4 million people didn't pay their mortgages. So what is forbearance? Forbearance is 
a special agreement between the lender and the borrowers to delay a foreclosure. This literally means a forbearance is holding back. When mortgage borrowers are unable to meet their repayment terms, lender may opt to foreclose. Now, as of May, 8.16% of all mortgages in the U.S. were in forbearance. 11% of Ginnie Mae loans are in forbearance. Now, Ginnie Mae loans, these loans goes to first-time home buyers or people with weak credit. These people are just one incident away from not being able to pay their mortgages. So when people are in forbearance, in the delay holding back, what typically happens is that you make an agreement with the bank, you don't pay that month, and then say they give you a six months forbearance. That just means that you, for six months, you do not have to pay the bank back. But depends on your agreements and how you structure it with them. Six months down the road, you may have to make a lump sum payment. So let's say that, okay, fine. I'll take the forbearance agreement. Six months down the road, I just call my bank back and say, hey, Mr. Banker, I cannot pay. There's nothing you can do because the Fed's already said, hey, you give me one year forbearance. So you will automatically give me another six months. Okay, now another six months has gone by. Now I'm in month 13. I cannot make a lump sum payment for 12 months, 13 months. What are you going to do? Banks are kind of required to give you these forbearances, but, uh, you know, you may not be able to pay when it comes time to pay because, Imagine this. You cannot pay one month. You cannot pay monthly. How are you going to be able to come up with a lump sum payment and pay it out for the entire year? It's just not possible. So what happened at that point if you are homeowners, especially you took on some of these Genie Mae loan? First-time homeowners, you have no experience. Okay, all of a sudden the government is telling you, hey, you have this option with forbearance and your bank agree. They give you forbearance, right? So for 12 months, you don't have to pay. I, month 13, now you do. Okay, so you have no money to pay? All right. What are your options? Well, you could sell your property at that point. You could sell it and or list it for sale, rather. And you'll be competing with other people on the market who are in your same situation. And whatever perceived equity you have built up, may or may not be there at that point. Well, who knows? I don't know what the market is going to be at that point. Because understand this, people are losing their jobs. They cannot make their mortgage now in 14 months. So your equity might not be there. It could be a buyer's market at that point. The difference this time, the Fed have bought over $1 trillion of mortgage-backed security. It thing happened in 2008. The Fed did not take over Fannie and Freddie until around late of 2008 through a conservatorship. Now, the Fed might come up with something interesting this time. They may do another round of bailout this time and just kick the can down the road once more. Who knows what happened? Who knows what will happen, right? So is it time to sell? Is it time to buy? I'll leave it up to you.
I personally would say that if you are buying houses for cash right now, just wait and watch the dust settle. Now, understand this: I am not here to hope for people to lose their homes. I'm not here to wish ill on people. You know, I'm not sick and twisted that I want people to be out of their jobs. I want people to be in foreclosure, so I'm here, just like the shark waiting for blood on the street. I'm not like that, but what I'm saying is, just be ready. You, you have to prepare yourself for whatever is going to happen to this market. Well, okay, so if nothing happened, well, okay, fine. A few months later, you still could go out and buy houses for cash. But but if the market tank and you already bought it, hey, you you may lose money. Okay, so uh, as my audience, I do not want you to do that at all. I don't want anyone to lose money buying real estate because real estate is still one of the best vehicles out there to create long term wealth. And real estate have created more millionaires than any other vehicle in the history of mankind. That's all I have for this episode. I wish you have enjoyed it. Please let me know your comment, whether or not you like this format. Send me an email v at realestatelab.live, and I want to hear from all of you. This is V, and thank you for tuning in to my podcast. That's the end of the show. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a five stars rating and review on iTunes for the Real Estate Lab podcast. Until next time, have a prolific week.